Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. NFL on the tweeter joined by McLateral at McLateral FF on the tweeter and our special third person on the show it's Dap boy Jeff Crisco hello <laughs> hello here comes Dap boy I'm riding in on my unicycle in my frog outfit how's it going boys well thanks, and thanks greets, for everyone yeah he eats and greets I'm, I'm i'm trying to start a new thing <laughs> how we feel about it eats and greets I'm, I'm gonna steal that i'm gonna say it on uh our wednesday episode with walker uh with big daddy drix i'm gonna steal that eats and greets sick i can I, dig it i i don't i don't hate that and uh so for those of you who don't know who jeff is uh in in reference to what he was speaking about before uh that is his work with football absurdity a place right. that you can find him in addition to me sometimes so <laughs> There you I'm go. Not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were about to be like, for those that don't know, Yeet is, and then go yeah. into a diatribe <laughs> on that. I was so ready for it. Urban not... Dictionary defines Yeet as... <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we're good. Webster's uh... defines Yeet as nothing, because they're boomers. However, yeah. Urban Dictionary... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the public, or at least the public that listens to this show, is familiar with Yeet, and I hope that they are familiar with some of the players that we are going to be talking about picking up off the waiver wire in addition to being aware of some key injury news that has taken place. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, make sure you check out our website, www.thelateralff.com and follow us on Twitter at the lateral FF and also the Detroit lions, Seattle Seahawks, Washington football team and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's who's going to be on a bye week. Those are the players you're going to be missing. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Whatever that means in terms of players you have to fill, you know, spots for, that's where you're headed. Um, so some key injuries that have taken place. Uh, there's really like you know four big ones, and then uh, well five really. Uh, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston, the ACL, mm, not great. He's he's done. You uh, can Titans, read my write up on Ball Blast. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and be sure to check that out. Um, uh. Titans running back Derrick Henry, uh, Jones fracture. That's it's it's a it's a messy foot issue. He's probably done. Well, definitely done. You can uh, read my write up on Ball Blast. Yes, there we exactly. go. We're I promise, I did. I promise I did that's the last one. On I only Ball did Blast. the two. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jaguars running back James Robinson has a heel injury. It's considered day to day. Urban Meyer said the team is willing to be cautious in practice, so that could mean something long term. You know, we'll fill you in on, you know, who to go out and acquire in case it does. And then uh, Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold, concussion. You know, concussions are a nonlinear thing. You know, it's a thank you for, you know, ESPN for, you know, providing us with the opinions of Stefania Bell and teaching me that. So we know this. Uh, there you go. That's probably the, you know, big things on top of uh, Elijah Mitchell. Nothing really, you know, concrete yet, but, you know, Niners rookie running back. 
the rib injury seems to be have re-aggravated, and this does kind of coincide with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. returning from injury. Keep an How eye on convenient. that. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's wonderful timing. And then um, we'll talk about this more on the, the flagship edition of the lateral show, but uh, bless up Calvin Ridley. So you may need to look to fill options, you know, in your wide receiver spots, but that's a different thing for another day. Um, I think that kind of, because we'll obviously answer the questions of who do you pick up in the rest of the show? Cause that's literally what the show is, but anything that anybody has to add, any thoughts yeah, um, I would just want to touch on the San Francisco thing. So with the Elijah Mitchell injury, it is a rib issue. I believe the issue had he, that he had been dealing with already this season. So I know a lot of people were ready to give up on their Jeff Wilson shares, and perhaps rightfully so, because Mitchell has looked really good. It looked like he would maintain his significant role in this offense. Um, but that injury, if that's lingering, Wilson is the most likely guy to replace Mitchell's role in the offense, especially because Sermon has just not looked good. So if you have Wilson, hold Wilson. And Wilson is not a guy I believe that we're really going to talk about. So, you know, he's just another person to consider uh, at running back because this was kind of a breaking news thing. So it wasn't in the show sheet. Yeah. And Wilson is a guy that I would consider after waivers run and your first come first serve leagues You're, Hey, I missed out on a guy. Let me see what to do with my roster. That's when I would pick up Wilson. I wouldn't be burning a lot of priority on him because he's a just in case guy. Not bad. Not bad. I fucks with it. I fucks with it hard. <laughs> now let's get into the waiver wire. Boom. Yes. Here we go. At quarterback. We have some interesting names. Um, so I'll start with one that, you know, it's something we're assuming that will take place. Taysom Hill with James Winston being out likely is to be the starting quarterback. Now, Trevor Simeon did have an incredibly good game. If he is eventually named the starter, I don't know. Consider that deal with the fallout from that later, throwing that out there. And then also Carson Wentz, we've talked about him on the show before. This is a guy that. You know, ever since week four on, you can you can trust he's been very good. And uh, hey, McLateral, Justin Fields. <laughs> hey. This finally happened after uh, I completely gave up for redraft. Not not long term, but for redraft, it was time to move on. Yeah. So uh, anybody uh, anybody got any thoughts on quarterback? Because I don't have a favorite of this group personally. It really depends on what you're looking for. Because I mean, like. Uh, well, actually, no, they all kind of have something in common, but that's the, the floor is open to whoever wants to take that first. Well, if you read my article on Ball Blast, um, <laughs> seriously, though, in the article I wrote about Jameis Winston being out for the year on Ball Blast, I talk about there's basically two options for Sean Payton to replace Jameis Winston because he has come out and said, we're fine with our quarterback room. So don't anticipate the Drew Brees reunion. Don't anticipate a trade move. Anything like that. It's going to be either Taysom Hill or it's going to be Trevor Simeon. The one wrinkle is that Sean Payton apparently liked what he saw from Trevor Simeon. That being said, since Sean, uh, since Taysom Hill is Sean Payton's biological son, I do expect him to get the starting job going forward, which is awesome because Taysom Hill runs. He's not the most aggressive thrower, but he's surprisingly accurate for as bad as he is. Um, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes necessarily, and he has some great matchups coming up. You got Atlanta and Tennessee, Philly, Buffalo, and Dallas. Not great weeks 12 and 13, but then down the stretch, you have the Jets, 
the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. There are a lot of good opportunities for Taysom Hill to be a QB1 going forward. You don't have to worry about buys. So he is definitely my top recommendation on waivers this week, possibly period the end, um, but certainly at the quarterback position. I can get I, down with that, bud. Yeah, I really like the that adding Taysom Hill. He had four starts last year. He was a solid quarterback one in all the you know in all the starts, yeah. two touchdowns per game. And we think about you know Taysom Hill can't really throw, and which is true. Which is true. Yeah. Uh, the lasting image from that his four starts last year was um, Emmanuel Sanders repositioning on a vastly underthrown ball, and and the DB just continuing to run, and that's how he caught it. But I mean, 230 passing yards and three out of his four starts last year, and that's not really even his game. My only concern with him is, we mentioned it, concussions aren't linear. Uh, he's been out with a concussion for Correct. Al- a- almost a month now, I think. And that's the only concerning thing to me. If I knew, if Sean Payton came out tomorrow and said, hey, he's healthy, he's good to go, he would be oh, the number one quarterback uh, by far. Ex- expect, expect that to happen. Everything yeah, now- <laughs> so actually, no joke, everything I've read, because I did some research for this ball blast piece, okay. he is expected to clear the protocol and be ready to go for week nine. That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it, that doesn't you know, mean we can't have like regression or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like he is supposed to be good to go. Yeah, it, it sucks because the trade deadline's tomorrow, so we'll have answers on a lot of other stuff, just not that. But um, yeah, and he plays the Falcons next, which he averaged 25 points per game in his two starts against them last year. So light him up, smoke him if you got him. Hell yeah, always good. Um, um so we, we got a little bit of that. Uh, any interest in Fields or Wentz? Just... Is Matt Nagy getting fired tomorrow? Because unless that's <laughs> happening, I think. I actually, I have some interest in Wentz. Wentz is intriguing. He has played pretty solid football. He seems to be getting his legs back. So like, if I can't get Taysom Hill, there are worse consolation prizes. Fields looked great. I like Fields. I think he's still got long-term potential. With Matt Nagy as his head coach, I just want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I like Wentz a lot more than Fields, too. Uh, he had 20-plus fancy points three out of his last four games. Uh, had multiple touchdowns in each of his games since he somehow sprained both ankles, which I still am confused about that happen, how that happens. And um, He got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday were his first picks since he sprained both his ankles because his interception against the Niners was for some reason turned into a sack and a fumble. So, um, you know, other than him doing his best, like Benny Hill impression yesterday, Carson Wentz has been very solid. Yeah. Hell yeah. And also a fun fact that took me the entire time of the the two of you talking to find, because my computer skills are terrible. Uh, (laughs) Weeks 11 to 14 last year, when we saw Taysom Hill, uh, just for context, uh, QB six averaging 21.57 points per game. Really wanted to bust out that fun fact for those of you that forgot what we saw from him fantasy-wise in 2020. Uh, so we move along to the running back position, and you know we'll start with the you know the guys that are replacing the injured fellows that we talked about up top. Uh, in Jacksonville, that would be Carlos Hyde, six point seven percent roster on ESPN, and then uh, Adrian Peterson. Hey, oh. hey, coming in to play for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, woohoo! But, uh, you know, there's also uh, Jeremy McNichols, the, you know, pass catching option. There's something to consider there as well. And then um, aside from that, uh, the Eagles running backs, namely Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, because you know, anybody that got really enthusiastic about 
Kenneth Gainwell did not have a very good Sunday. That was stressful. Then uh, I will also throw out a name. Uh, you know, it seems kind of weird, but, you know, I was looking at it. In the past three games played, Jets running back Ty Johnson has scored double-digit fantasy points. And in the last two games specifically, you know, he's getting a lot of work in the in the passing game in tandem with Michael Carter. So, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start us on the running backs? What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I'll start with the last guy you mentioned, because I think he's a very sneaky ad, Ty Johnson, in PPR leagues, 5% rostered on Yahoo. Um, he has 13 targets in the last two weeks, which coincides with Mike White coming in and basically throwing the ball about four and a half yards downfield on average. So <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of, a lot of dump offs, a lot of running back targets. So if you're in a PPR league and everybody else is kind of going towards these higher end guys, I, and I would just kind of sneak in that bid, that cheaper bid on Ty Johnson. But um, I mean, the, the thing we need to talk about is Adrian Peterson uh, because he's replacing the RB one with a bullet of Derek Henry averaging 27, I believe touches per game. I am not as interested in him as a lot of people have been. Uh, I don't think the Titans are going to be particularly enthusiastic about changing their game plan to throw him the ball more. Um, Derrick Henry is getting some targets, but it's not a lot to change what I think about Adrian Peterson himself. The man's in his mid-30s. He was averaging like four yards per carry, which is fine on a bad Detroit Lions team last year. I think he tops out at 15 touches per week, which... If you're not getting targets, six, that's 60 yards, and maybe he scores a touchdown. He's he's a guy that should be on every uh, should be on a roster in every league. But at this point, we have a lot of people shooting their their fab guns off at him, and and I just don't think I'm gonna you know I'll throw 20 25 percent at him, but I know I'm not gonna get him anywhere, and I'm just not particularly enthusiastic about it. I think they're gonna throw a lot more, and that's gonna marginalize uh, Adrian Peterson. Uh, as for the Eagles guys, I have no interest. I have no interest. Not after what yeah. they did to Kenny Gainwell. And Miles Sanders is a short-term thing. I'm not going to chase Boston Scott. I'm definitely not going to chase Jordan Howard, of all ooh, people. Ooh. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, because Miles Sanders was listed as week-to-week -week when he first had his injury. So I think that he will be back. I haven't seen anything to say that he's not going to be back when he I, is eligible. Uh, I was going to say, I thought they threw him on IR. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's one game. So you've got two more games to worry about. And, you know, you're going to want to see it twice if you pick up a Boston Scott, unless you're desperate. So then you're picking them up for one game in two weeks. So I'm not particularly enthused about those guys. Um, and Carlos Hyde is, I, I, I think James Robinson's going to be back. I don't think we have to worry about Carlos Hyde. Well, right. plus, Fair enough. you know who's back. Divine Ozigbo is yes! back. Big O. Oh! The real um, Big O. <laughs> and I want nothing to do with him. Uh, nor do I want anything to do with Carlos Hyde. I want nothing to do with the Eagles running backs. And honestly, I've seen enough Ty Johnson that I know I don't want anything to do with Ty Johnson. Watched him play college ball at Maryland. I watched him play professional ball for uh, as many teams as he's been in the league, basically. Like, he's averaging a new team per year. There's a reason that this guy is, like, not running away with that backfield. Uh, I want Adrian Peterson. I want that guaranteed volume, and I think it will be guaranteed volume. The Titans went immediately. They made a call to an agent. They got him on a plane to Nashville. They worked him out and they signed him to the practice squad with the intention to elevate this week. This is their guy. This is the plan. And 
honestly, Mike Vrabel playing a trusty, reliable vet doesn't shock me at all. That like actually like syncs up with exactly the type of culture I think that he instills in Tennessee. Yeah, you're not going to get like the PPR bonus of passing. And like we talked on the lateral show a couple weeks ago about how valuable that passing work really is for these running backs and PPR. But here's the thing. You're not relying on passing volume really from any of these other guys either. And you're not relying on rushing volume from any of these other guys either. Like who knows how Boston Scott Jordan Howard's going to shake out. Carlos Hyde, not worth it. If James Robinson plays, which it looks like he could, um, he certainly is likely to, as he's not. And then Ty Johnson again, like it's currently the Michael Carter show. And I just like, I I'm not impressed personally with him. So Adrian Peterson, Give me the 10 plus touches a game. If I end up with like Alan Co- Alex Collins or Jamal Williams, like there's worse things to have on my bench and have to throw into a flex. And that's what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I I was giving my perspective as a as somebody who was lucky enough to lucky enough to not have any <laughs> Derrick Henry. So I um uh am I'm, I'm just sidestepping that whole problem entirely and saying you know, he's a flex, like you mentioned. So I, I throw <laughs> 20, 25% at him. But you know, I've seen I've been talking to people who are like, oh, easy, R- high-end RB2. And it's like, what are, what are no. you looking at? Like, yeah, do you I, think, do you think Adrian Peterson's getting 27 carries a game? Like, yeah. he's, he's and, 35. And even if Adrian Peterson gets 27 carries a game, he's going to get like two, maybe at best, targets a game. Yeah, And it might that might be really praying for it. Like, it might be closer to zero. That is the big difference. Like, when Mike Davis showed up last year out of nowhere to take over for Christian McCaffrey. He was so reliant on passing work to be an RB one, RB two, somewhere right on the fringe. Like Adrian Peterson will be lucky if he's like RB 24, at the end of the season, but if he's RB 24, at the end of the season, that's someone who's possibly been valuable and maybe won you a game or two. Yeah, no, that, that's entirely possible. And, uh, you know, not not to, you know, bury the other piece of information that uh, the name I didn't throw in still want to keep in mind for those of you that play in PPR leagues, Jeremy McNichols, Titans running back less than 2% rostered in ESPN. He does still likely, you know, he still probably figures in in that role. How sizable is that role going to be, you know, running in tandem with Adrian Peterson? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but so you've, you've got all that information out there. You've heard the fun facts. You've heard actually, the fun stuff. I got one more for you. Latavius Murray currently only rostered in 30.4% of ESPN leagues. He was on a bye, so a lot of people dropped him. He had an injury issue. If he's healthy, he's the starting running back in Balmer. If you are looking for a running back off of waivers, that's a good option. So yeah, very, just something to keep true. in mind. Anytime you can find a starting running back for an NFL team, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, like saying it sounds obvious, but... That to me, he's about energy. You know. He's the consolation prize for me to Adrian Peterson. If I can't get Adrian Peterson, I'd love to get Latavius Murray. Yeah. So uh, you know, just oh, so uh, I was one more, th- one more sneaky thing about uh, Jeremy McNichols: second most targets on the Titans this year. Yeah, a, I can believe it. He had a random twelve target game that that did it, but that's that's uh, what did it. Another another guy to consider, not on the list terms, uh, Mark Ingram. A lot of people got rid of him when he got oh, traded. Oh, that's Rostered right. in about yes. 37% of leagues. Uh, no Jameis Winston. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. I think that means a lot more Mark Ingram. So 
um, another option for folks in deeper leagues um, to go scoop up Mark Ingram off the wire. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, Ingram had himself a game, you know, mm-hmm. in the, his return to New Orleans, uh, 7.2, you know, PPR point. Like, that's, that's not bad. So, you know, definitely. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Um, some other players that had better days at their position. Boom. Yeah. Wide receiver. <laughs> How's that for a transition? Uh, so some options that you can consider. Uh, I hate that I'm talking about another player on the New York Jets, but Jamison Crowder, trusty. You know, he does what he does. You know, talking about Mike White not really being willing to throw the ball very far, uh, you know, who has a really low A dot and is super good just running directly across the middle of the field. Jamison Crowder. Woohoo! So that's a name you can think about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll leave this analysis to, you know, the two Niners fans on the show, but Brandon Ayuk actually out there doing some stuff. Has he earned your trust back? Uh, the obligatory Rashad Bateman, please, dear God, just roster this guy. Shout out. And then um, my favorite ad. Uh, and there will be an article coming soon to Football Absurdity uh, on this topic written by uh, someone currently speaking. Oh, <laughs> Jamal Agnew. Oh. Of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'll tell you what. I mean, so I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of it because there's the whole write up that I'm working on. But I will leave you with this before I hand it over to McLateral. In the last four games played, guess who has the most PPR points of any Jaguars wide receiver? That's interesting. Guess who has the most catches? Of any Jaguars wide receiver, and the exact same number of targets as Marvin Jones Jr. Jamal Agnew, hey, there you go. So there, there it is. That's 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 my boy. If you'd read my boom bust picks, you know you 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 would have already you know rostered Agnew potentially, but you know I'll save the rest of that victory lap for later. Malcolm, what's up? Tell me about wide receiver. So a couple pieces of news real quick. Number one, and they actually both kind of relate to this. Debo Samuel seems to have picked up a little bit of an injury. He seems likely to play still this week, but something to monitor because if Debo goes down, Ayuk theoretically will be picking up the slack. I think Ayuk is trending in the correct direction. I don't think it's wheels up time yet, especially because George Kittle's going to be coming back. we got to figure out how the offense is going to shake out with him and Jeff Wilson potentially being involved. Like, if you want to stash Ayuk on your roster, I get it. I think I think from an actual, like, on-field, like, watching how he plays performance perspective, it should only go up from here. I think the impression is he is genuinely looking better. But in terms of actual fantasy football production, that may be a bit more hit and miss. However, as much as I love everyone we mentioned, including Rashad Bateman, who is looking like a solid six targets a game, fingers crossed, there's a name we forgot. And I think it's actually my recommendation this week. And that is Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson. <laughs> Only rostered in, I want to say, 8.4% of ESPN leagues. Deshaun Jackson probably going away. Tutu Atwell, season-ending injury as of, like, two minutes ago. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you might want Van Jefferson, who, may I add, has two straight weeks of double-digit fantasy points in PPR formats. 
two straight weeks of six plus targets. And he gets Tennessee and San Francisco the next two weeks who are, let's face it, not good against the pass. They're just not. Luckily, this past week for us Niners, uh, the Bears also suck at passing the ball. So it worked out in the end. But, um, you know, those are two matchups I wouldn't hate. And then down the line, you get Green Bay, Jacksonville, Seattle. You know, those are solid matchups to have. You do get a week 11 bye week, which is less than ideal. But I think Van Jefferson is officially the third target in this offense, not just wide receiver. I think he has supplanted Tyler Higby. I can see that. Jeff, what do you got? I mean, I, I'm shocked. I missed out on Van Jefferson. Cause I was kind of um, pounding the table for him. I'm, I'm just reeling at the loss of Tutu Atwell. I don't know how the Rams are going to be able to move forward without him, but I love it. I mean, the number three target in a high powered offense that, Uh, has one of the best passing quarterbacks in the NFL at the helm. Um, You know, we try to will some juice into Tyler Higby this year based off of that fact and that fact alone. And I agree Van Jefferson's a better player than Tyler Higby. So I kind of love it. I think that that's a a great sneaky pick because nobody's thinking about it. Um, And he is a, he is their deep guy. So if you're consolidating everything that would have otherwise gone to a, um, Deshaun Jackson or a two-two Atwell. I mean, wheels up seven seven targets two weeks ago, six targets this week. I I can't disagree with that. Well, it's, it's hard hard to argue that, folks. I mean, yeah. hey, you know, as you know, yo, it, my dynasty shares are just oh, it's it's fabulous. I'm just really really excited about this. But you know, this is more redraft focused. Van Jefferson, make sure you take a look. Make sure you take a look, folks. Woohoo! Um, yeah. So unless there are any more thoughts, we got, we got tight end really quick. Let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me do my data dump on, (laughs) on the wide receiver. So I've got some data dump here. Uh, um, season high in snap share, route share and target share for Brandon AF this weekend, which is not great when that spit out four for 45, but it is trending in the right direction. It's, um, you know, he hasn't played over 71% of snaps since week three, against Green Bay, and surprise, surprise, that was the last time the 49ers scored more than 21 points. So maybe something to think about there for um, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Um, actually, I was telling Herms via text this weekend because he was talking to me about the Ayuk thing, and I literally was like, I think Shanahan realized he actually has to get Ayuk involved. Yeah, Ayuk is, is a key component of this offense. I am a little worried about the George Kittle of it all. That is you know, kind of the sword of Damocles hanging over his head, but um, it things are moving, flowing in the right direction for Ayuk, and it sucks that a guy, you know, that people were taking as a wide receiver too, we're talking about, all right, I'm encouraged because he got four for 45 this week, but I am encouraged that he got four for 45 this week. It's moving in the in a positive direction. Um, the, uh, the Jamal Agnew thing, I mean, 25 targets in his last three games, you just can't ignore it at this point. Uh, led the Jags in targets this last week. Um, but I, I kind of had a forgotten man too, which is he's only rostered in 35% of leagues because he's been injured. But uh, Devontae Parker has returned oh, yeah. to eight for 85 on 11 targets. He has seven targets in every game that he's played this year. And when I saw that roster ship percentage, I gasped because I did not think that people had given up on him yet. All oh, that was wrong with yeah. him was that he was injured. 
like that's that's it. That was the only problem with him was that he was injured. He has been getting he's gotten at least four catches every game this year. His worst game is four for 42. That's his worst game this year. And he's available in two thirds of leagues like he's kind of a forgotten man. And that's that's when you can make those sneaky pickups that may have your whole league kind of slamming the table a, a little bit, I think. And I love uh, this. yeah. And then what are we doing? I told Herms I was going to do this. I was going to hijack. What are we doing with the Falcons wide receivers? Is it Nothing. Tajay time? Is no. it Russell Gage? Yeah. No. Okay. Nope. Sometimes, sometimes I bring things up in order to get shot down so that people understand yeah. there's nothing to do here. <laughs> I, I think we have seen what those wide receivers happen to be. And neither of them is a wide receiver. one on a NFL roster. Yeah. I mean, we, tri- we got tricked. Was it four years ago now about Tajay Sharp on the Titans? And that's a never again for me. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel pretty good. Uh, un, unless you, for the time being anyway, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson. Those are the Atlanta Falcons, at least Re- in terms of the position players. But real, real quick, just around the horn, yes or no answer. Um, are you holding on to Calvin Ridley, Jeff? Yes, I actually wrote about it today. Um, awesome. I'm treating this like any other injury with an indeterminate endpoint. Cool. I, I said treat it like a hamstring injury. Herms. You should definitely hold on to Calvin Ridley in every format. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I totally agree and will be doing the same. That's it. That's all I want to cover. Hell yeah. Can, yeah. And I want to make a quick plea to Arthur Smith. Um, stop putting Cordero Patterson on kickoffs. He's your only, he's your best, please. He's your most dynamic receiver now. I mean, Kyle Pitts can, has the get up and go, but please. Counterpoint. Yes. I want Corderell Patterson in the hall of fame. Keep letting him return kicks. I want him in there. I want him to be one of the most obscure people to get (laughs) for the record, deservingly into the hall of fame. Like I'm here for it. It's It's a vibe. I mean, he's he's an amazing kickoff returner, and it's so fun to finally see people uh, using him properly. I'm just shocked it's Arthur Smith, of all people. Yeah, never, never really saw that coming. But uh, speaking of future Hall of Famers, we have at the tight end position uh, Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go. Finally happening. I keep saying his name wrong. It's Pat Fryermuth, but that's still happening. Yo, he finally balled out. Thank God. I mean, I'm not that I'm like happy that Eric Ebron is injured, but whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just excited for the player. Regardless, uh, Dan Arnold, another Jacksonville Jaguars player. We're talking about way too many Jacksonville Jaguars for my liking. And then the obligatory plug of Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma that we just do on the regular version of this show, but they're less than 50% rostered. So we're doing it anyway. Um, tight ends. What's up? I do you people. They know where I stand. Take the Pittsburgh Steeler. Of course. Come on. I agree. I also agree. There is one option here, and it's Pat Fryermuth, which is why I made him a suggestion in the lateral Sunday preview and scooped him in multiple leagues on Sunday <laughs> morning because I'm like, Ebron is out. They're coming back. He's got no buy. They're trusting him more and more. I'm like, you know what? Wheels up. Let's do this. And it worked. So, you know, <laughs> will there will there be some rough spots going forward? Yes. However, that is tight end, and I do genuinely like Pat Fryermuth. I think he is a great move rest of season. Uh, though I have to say, I don't mind Dan Arnold. Uh, I don't, I, I'm going to start with Pat Firemouth, as we call him, because he spits hot fire. Hey. Um, 
with no juju, seven targets each of the last two games. Uh, if people don't know who Pat Fryermuth is, if Kyle Pitts' dad never got a twinkle in his eye, he is far and away the best tight end in this class. Um, he is just a solid, uh, productive guy who is getting the targets. You know, we say, we being football absurdity, don't draft rookie tight ends, but that doesn't mean you can't use them throughout the year. And if Pat Fryermuth is going to get seven targets a game, he is the guy you pick up. You always just t- chase targets at tight end. We make it too complicated sometimes where it's like, oh, here's his snap share and here's his routes run. And it's like, just chase the targets. Because if tight ends are on the field to get targets, they'll they'll get the targets while they're on the field. So Firemuth is great. Also chase the targets with Dan Arnold. Uh, 10 targets this game, third straight game with at least five targets since he joined oh, yeah. Jacksonville. And um, uh, did you guys mention you did? Yeah, Tyler Conklin. He had one bad game and we gave up on him. Uh, from a targets perspective, eight, six, which when everybody got on board, then three and we all bailed and then five and seven. And he's had 71 yards, 57 yards the last two games. Um, I would order these guys. Uh, honestly, Fryermuth, probably Conklin and then Dan Arnold, though. Yeah, for me, I'd flip Arnold and Conklin. I've been telling people to go get Conklin because of the targets. Mm-hmm. It's become apparent that he's just not going to maximize those targets compared to some other guys. I think Dan Arnold may actually produce more points per target by the time all is said and done. So I'd put him ahead given that Jacksonville traded for him. He's done a solid job with what he's been given this season. And Jacksonville seems to want to use the tight end position. Even when they didn't have Dan Arnold, that was apparent because we were talking about James Shaughnessy for like a hot second, which yeah. we shouldn't have been, you know, like that's, ins- that's absurd. So I would, I would go Arnold then Conklin, but I don't think there's a vast difference between mm-hmm. the two. For me, it's Friar Muther bust. The, my only concern about Dan Arnold is, and I agree it's Friar Muther bust, but my only concern about Dan Arnold is we constantly complain about the car- target distribution from urban Meyer. And part of that is Dan Arnold getting so many targets to the behest of guys like, uh, LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones Jr. Oh, no. And my only concern is that Urban Meyer uh, hits his head and suddenly becomes a good quality NFL coach or looks down and realizes what he is doing um, by not giving the ball to Visca and MJJ. But if this continues, yeah, Dan Arnold's probably going to finish rest of the season more points per target than Tyler Conklin. You're right. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, I'm just disappointed that the Tyler Conklin uh, target number didn't trend along to the point where we would eventually end up at eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. That's, I mean, I was really hoping for the Tommy two tone of it all, but you know, I mean, I don't I, want, I, I don't want the, Oh, there, yeah. there, you know, call that but, a buy, call that a buy. Exactly. That is not the same. And you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it would have been more fun that way, but not everything gets to be eighties pop culture references. See, uh, now this... I want to know if anybody's ever done a Tommy two tone. That's what I want to know. With those, there we those. Go. Someone on Twitter has the answer. <laughs> While I go into the deep dive on the Tommy Two-Tone uh, target uh, <laughs> thing, um, Malcolm, this is where I turn over the show to you for DST and Kicker because that's the, my, my interest is uh, my interest has went. So uh, there you go. What do you got? Well, it's pretty simple. For defense, there is a top target for sure. And that is the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is rostered in just under 50% uh, of ESPN leagues. So still 
fairly available out there, uh, partially because of the bye combined with playing against Minnesota and Cooper Rush was going to be the quarterback, yada, yada, yada. So some people dropped. Um, Diggs actually looks like he's going to be day-to-day uh, potentially. So, oh, you know, no. it's good that he'll be – he's avoided a more serious injury. Uh, and Dallas, you know, they have an okay schedule coming up. They've performed well like Denver, Atlanta – I don't mind that KC, as long as Mahomes continues to throw interceptions, that doesn't scare me. Las Vegas, New Orleans, Washington, the Giants, Washington again, you know, Arizona for your championship in week 17. That's maybe not ideal, but they're pretty much usable up until then. Um, So I highly recommend them. And then if you can't get them, because again, they're rostered in just about one out of every two leagues. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are pretty widely available. They're coming off a bye. They've performed surprisingly well, and they get the New York Giants in week nine. So, you know, a solid fill-in option. If you actually read my week two early waiver wire column from the past week where I look at this week's matchups, I actually recommended the Las Vegas Raiders in that article. And I'm kind of just sticking to that one. Just like I'm sticking to a kicker, Randy Bullock, Tennessee Titans kicker, you just need to go get him. This is like the Nick Folk thing over again. I kept telling you, you need to go to get Nick Folk. And then you all went and got Nick Folk. So maybe next week I won't be able to say you need to go get Randy Bullock because you'll have all gotten Randy Bullock in case you haven't though. Um, or he's not available in your league. Daniel Carlson, Las Vegas Raiders. He's got a good matchup coming up against the New York Giants. He's a good kicker. The offense looking a little better. So solid option as well. All right, there you go. And I possess no thoughts on the subject. Uh, Jeff, unless you do. Uh, I like is... kickers. <laughs> I, have no, I have no thoughts. Like, I, I, I did I did come around on kickers. I think it was a, two weeks ago where I was Kicker like, you know what? They're good. They're good. a position where you can determine who will perform well. It is not that hard. Yes, fluky stuff happens, but it happens at every other position as well. It is not that hard to find good kickers. Mm-hmm. I know because I've been telling you some good kickers to get, and I don't put in nearly the work that people like Linda does. And yeah. she's able to tell you week in and week out. So like, if I can do half as jo- good a job as her, like, you know, it's doable. Yeah. People just hate them because people don't like to think about them. And, <laughs> and, you know, they just want to play quarterback and then like four flex spot four like, regular flex spots that's all they want to do because they don't want to think about tight ends and kickers yeah kickers very simple will it be a high scoring game is the kicker accurate and does the offense trust the kicker slash fail to get into the end zone if those things all work out you have yourself a good kicker Mm -hmm. easy yeah it's it's really that simple and if you want more help at the kicker position make sure you follow uh, linda on twitter at lindellians and you can also follow us for everything else boom yes i am herms on twitter at herms nfl that is where i am i am also you know part of the lateral because i mean it'd be kind of well i mean that was obvious but in case you forgot yes this is you know part of my co-creation um as I mentioned earlier, I also uh, I write for Football Absurdity at Fball Absurdity on Twitter, and uh, you can also find me on uh, the 32-bit YouTube channel doing It's a Vibe. It's a super cool show. It's not really about sports, but it can be sometimes. And then on Fridays, uh, Rum Boys After Dark on the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. Boom! There you go. Ha! That's my plug. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Jeff. 
but you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. I am Herms's boss at Football Absurdity. Uh, you can uh, check out all my stuff that I write about every single week, which is um, this week I wrote about both Calvin Ridley and um, Derek Henry. I just want to say we, you guys are addressing the Calvin Ridley thing on the main episode. Mental health is health. Treat it like that. Mental health is health, guys. Um, I know both of you agree, but I just wanted to say that to a lot of people. Um, and I wrote about Derek Henry. I write uh, every week who to cut, which is the hardest part of waiver wire stuff is who to get rid of. Oh. Um, I also write uh, weekly sleepers at every position. And I host um, multiple shows on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash football absurdity, uh, starter sit show, and the weekly podcast wherever you get podcasts. Hell yeah. All right. Bring it on home, McLateral. What you got? Well, it's your boy McLateral FF. You can find me on Twitter at McLateral FF. Though the rule, as always, is if I can't see you, you can't see me. So, uh, but for real though, go follow me on Twitter. I drop articles there all the time, like the two I dropped today, where I did a piece on the breaking news of Derrick Henry and the breaking news of Jameis Winston, both pretty much being out for the season. Henry, we may see. Um, but more likely in the NFL playoffs rather than your fantasy football playoffs. So just bear that in mind. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, we'll see if we ever see him in the NFL again as a starting quarterback. Uh, oh, no. Answers uh, not necessarily looking so good there. Um, but you can find me at the lateral. You can find me at Ball Blast. You can find me at Pro Football Mania, um, where I just I write content for all those places every week and will continue to do so for the rest of the season. So Go check that out, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. There it is. Eats and greets. Eats and greets. There it is, folks. Uh, yes, that's the end of the show. Also, so uh, real before we go, I had this idea. So a crossover between Inagata Devita and uh, Livin Levita Loca. Just do Live Inagata Devita Loca. I think this would be a really good mashup. <laughs> Follow The Lateral on Twitter at The Lateral FF and check out the website www.thelateralff.com. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop,